You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up? What's up? Good, 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 good day. Um, good evening. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Clapback Culture. I'm your girl's Jules Jesse, alongside my co-host JC from the OVC Network. What's up, JC? What up? What up? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Good. Um, today? Uh, you know, I got a haircut. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> You know, black people, we love to go get a haircut and stuff, right? Right, right when the sun break. Right there, like I'm this I'm looking at the straight backs with the uh baby hairs. So I'm just like, Listen, you know, I, I see you. you. you, see, <laughs> you see the stitch braids coming through one time for the one time. <laughs> oh boy, okay. I was the <laughs> find out we needed to clean it up a little bit. <laughs> looking bummy, everybody look clean, skin, skin looking glistening, all that. You know, I'll be trying, I'll be trying, I'll be trying, I'll be trying. What's up, y'all? I see y'all pulling up, pulling through, coming through in the show. <clears throat> Glad to have you back. Make sure you guys pull up in the comments. We got a lot of stuff we want to talk to you guys about, and of course. Please share the stream. We want to make sure uh, we're tapping in with some of those audience members that don't know about the show, but should. So, JC, it's been an interesting week, um, especially an interesting week in the headlines. A lot of it was a lot of show topics to choose from. I kept having to like remove move stuff um, and think like, what is a priority? What should we focus on tonight? So, of course, we have to talk about. President Joe Biden officially announcing his run for president. We got a quick clip at his campaign drop. Let's take a look. Making news, President Biden just announced his re-election campaign via a video announcement. The message is, finish the job. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. The president entered the 2020 race four years ago today and later held his first official campaign rally on Aiken's Oval. At 81, Biden will be the oldest candidate to seek re-election. He has to win over members of his own party. A new poll from the Associated Press shows only about half of Democrats think the president should run again. All right, you guys. Well, there you have it. Uh, President Biden officially announcing his run for campaign. Critics um, and really everybody's kind of turning their eyebrow up because <laughs> the oldest one, oldest person running for president. Um, is this the American dream? JC, what are what your, <laughs> your first thoughts on this? Not is this the American dream? Uh, no, it's the American white nightmare. Listen, um, I'm tired of old white men in that seat. Um, yeah. Period. I'm, I'm just really and he's really old, like, you know, not to be ageist or anything, but we've seen the effects of like. His age in, in, in practice, not in theory, like we there's falling off bikes oh god forgetting forgetting lines 
forgetting his his thought process like mid sentence. Like we he's done a great job. He has an amazing track record. Um, I love the things that the Democrats have done, and I rarely ever say that. Um, but uh, we I, pass the torch to somebody at least forty or fifty years younger. Like we need, I, we need change. So he's change. running on this theory of like there's still more work to do, or like the job isn't finished yet. And I'm, I'm not torn in my decision in that. I'm just. I don't want to see Joe Biden have another term for presidency. Um, I don't. I don't feel there has been any significant changes under his administration. Okay. Um, and and please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, either JC or you guys in the comments. I I I want to see more. I want some more umph. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like the Republican Party, at least Trump's Republican Party is very aggressive in terms of what they're willing to do to push their agenda. And I don't, I feel like Dems are playing it safe and I yep. feel like they're playing it even safer under the Biden administration. Um, and maybe that is what we need, right? Like maybe we just need something safe, something comfortable no. um, during this time, you know? No. No. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this. I'm, I'm not I'm also not surprised that um, only 50 percent of Democrats are supporting this but because you're not like gun ho on something doesn't mean that you're going to go against it. And so there will not be another Democratic nominee. Um, no one's going to there's not going to be any Democratic debates. They're going to let Joe run and do his thing. So he's so no, he's the guy. He's their guy. But that's traditional, right? I mean, you usually don't go against an incumbent. So I, I don't care. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't like, is, is there not a way to do an amicable kind of like side by side thing? Like, I, I don't, I, I think they're I, too scared to lose. I think they're too scared to lose. And I think Joe's safe. And, you know, I was, I was watching we'll a new president. Um, I was watching I'm the bored. I'm just bored. I want new I want something new. I want something fresh. I'm with Emily um and saying it's not personal. I just want some new meat. I don't know about meat per se. Pause. Pause. <laughs> but I want some fresh meat. Like there needs to be something fresh, something new. I'm just not excited about you, Joe. Come on, I was watching go. the uh, Breakfast Club interview with Justin Pearson and uh -huh. um, in it, this Tez, I'm not sure who Tez is, but she's like the new, I don't know if she's the fill in. I don't know if she's the regular for Angela Yee, but we need her. I love, I love that woman. No, you know, Angela Yee is gone. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if this new woman, Tez, is is filling oh. her spot or I'm not sure if it was. Well, a, they, have I don't, a, they have a rotating okay. guest host but go ahead Tez amazing um okay. just I just the facts the fact sheet the receipts thank you the the, the, the roll pip like amazing and so excuse me in it she talks about she she asked Justin Pearson a specific question about um does him and the other two members that were kicked out do they feel like they're being supported by um the what do you want to call it the 
the not the legacy. I'm the word is escaping me. There, do they feel like they're being supported by the maybe the incumbent or the old guard kind of, um, the old guard kind of um, Democrats? And his answer in a roundabout way was no. And so that's what makes me think about like when we talk about Joe Biden running without anybody running beside him. I'm like, this is a problem. Like this is a this is a problem. Uh, I mean, um, I see Basha just tapped in and said Robert Kennedy is running. Okay, so I just googled it real quick. It looks like they're showing him polling at nineteen percent in terms of support for the primary. I don't know uh, Robert Kennedy. I mean, namesake, maybe you might do something, but. Let me tell you something. When it comes to taking over the machine that is Donald Trump, you're going to have to come with some smoke. So take a look at Donald Trump's new initiative that he would like to discuss. This is what his campaign dropped as it relates to homelessness. Let's take a look. Ban urban camping wherever possible. Violators of these bans will be arrested, but they will be given the option to accept treatment and services if they're willing to be rehabilitated. Many of them don't want that, but we'll give them the option. We will then open up large parcels of inexpensive land, bring in doctors, psychiatrists, social workers, and drug rehab specialists, and create 10 cities where the homeless can be relocated and their problems identified but we'll open up our cities again, make them livable and make them beautiful. So if you guys don't understand that clip, let me break it down. Donald Trump is saying, should he be reelected, they are going to sweep the country of everyone that is homeless, urban camping. It's going to make it illegal for them to be homeless on the street. They're going to take them, haul them into these these new tent cities in um, in the Midwest. They're, it's giving 1984. It's giving internment camp. <laughs> it's, it's give, so they're going to take all these people away and then they're going to implement doctors and social workers to like clean them up so that they can go back into regular society. It's giving concentration camp. It's giving very much concentration camp. But you know what it's also giving? Um, when you pick up illegal migrants and you put them in those camps, of, mm -hmm. it's the same thing. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of like Donald Trump is just not the guy to say it. But if the Biden administration or another, if someone else from the Democratic Party was like, oh, we're going to create these. They just wouldn't call it exactly what it is. Because if you look at where the kid, remember when they swept all those kids and took those migrant kids, yep. put them in those camps, they all had those foil blankets and they were just yep. all laying on top. So it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the I, same thing. I'm, I'm not crazy about this idea. But I hate I, it. I'm not crazy about it. But at the same time, where, what is the, there's no other big suggestion, right? You can't keep thinking that you're going to take care of the unhoused without 
implementing these wraparound services. So if Donald Trump is saying, okay, we're going to take everybody and we're going to give them wraparound services at these in these controlled environments, then perhaps we can get them back out into community. What are we doing if, I mean, it's just forcing people to do that as opposed to not forcing them to do that. I, it's a mess though. I have feelings um, because the, what was the terminology? Urban camping? Urban camping, yeah. Urban camping. Okay, so that's what we're calling homeless people and homeless encampments now. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's very much, how do I say this? This isn't okay. Um, this is, I guess, maybe the right thing to do, but in the completely wrong way. Um, I don't know if, when I was in CHOP, um, and many other people, if y'all are in Seattle and y'all were in CHOP in that specific you know, time frame, I remember that there was this big encampment in the baseball field, essentially, or around that area that had a whole bunch of homeless people and people with you know, mental health issues, so on and so forth. And there was mutual aid and, and there was, you know, essentially a bunch of services created to help everyone. And it wasn't just homeless people. It was literally people that had, you know, camped out to be there at the protest as well. And then I remember when the police came and shut it all down in like, I don't know, a matter of 20 to 30 minutes. And I just remember like how brutal it was, how violent it was and how completely and utterly um, disrespectful of people's things and the people themselves it was. And so I just, I think about, given this government's track record of these type of things, I want to know, A, I don't want Donald Trump anywhere near it, but I'm just like, there are actual like organizations that do this work for a living um, that I would, I would just, this doesn't feel right. I, 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 I'll person. go with your latter point and that there are organizations that should take the lead in doing this, but I'm, I'm actually gonna, I may, you know, be putting my foot in my mouth, but I'm going to argue on the side that this is not a huge, this is not a terribly bad idea. There are some flaws in the plan, but I think the, essentially there could be some benefit to this. If we have all these people that are unhoused in community that need wraparound services, this could be an opportunity for them to go seek help and be in a place that's safe and controlled. Now, do I think people are going to be able to do that in this like and we're actually going to be able to see it through kind of the way that Trump is saying so. No, but I'll tell you what, JC, middle America is going to buy into this. Trump supporters are going to buy into this and think, hell yeah, let's sweep these guys off the street and get our streets clean again and everything look beautified. I mean, that's not possible, right? America is not shaped in a way that it's like that because, you know, everyone's looking at it from like a moral capacity. Like nobody wants to see that. You know what I'm saying? But it's, I don't know. But see, it's not just that for me. It's the fact of like the thing that white supremacy and capitalism does with issues like this 
is we put a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound, right? So instead of like addressing the issues of resources or addressing the issues that cause homelessness in the first place, which is, you know, exorbitant cost of living, having these skyscrapers be at 20 and 30% occupancy while, you know, we're charging $8,000 a month for rent in a one bedroom. Instead of addressing these issues and regulating the things that should be regulated, we try to regulate people or we try to regulate, um, you know, just basically we, we go all around the thing instead of going and, and, and straight through. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is an, this is an example of going all around the bush and not calling a thing a thing. What you're saying is you, you refuse to call it homelessness. You say that it's urban camping. You refuse to say that the root of these people's urban camping is their inability to actually have access to resources, healthcare, medical care, uh, stable housing. You refuse to say that. What you then say is that we're going to just pick everybody up, take them off the street and put them in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. Like, no, bro. Like, that's not. No, that's why I don't like it, because it, it would be different if if it was just actually talking specifically to the issue. But we're talking around the issue and putting a bow tie on a very ugly piece of shit. And I'm not into it. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, the way that the reality of this would be essentially exactly what you said. And I think government alone and really the stigma behind um, people that are unhoused is that they're not capable of taking care of themselves. Right. Um, there are there is a large percentage of people that are unhoused who do struggle with addiction um, and uh, mental health issues and things of that nature. But there's also people that are, you know, couch surfing who literally don't have anywhere to go, right? So they may not essentially be sleeping on the street, but they just don't have anywhere to go, right? I don't know about you, but see, um, Seattle, the cost of living is hella high. Here in DC, it's hella high. And we're all one paycheck away from like not being able to take care of ourselves. The, um, the medium the medium family income here, right? The MFI here in order to get um, uh, uh, to get housing, your family would need to make your your household for a fam for a family of four, essentially a family of four. But your household, in order to be able to survive here in Washington, D.C., in the District of Columbia, the nation's capital, would need to bring in one hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year combined. I was close. I said 150, but I was close. 151. What's the, what's the, what's the difference? Of 10? What's the difference? What's the difference of 10 grand? What that is like. And, that, and, and, and that's the bare minimum. That's not even saying like to live comfortably. That's to live period. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you think about a mom, let's just say, uh, uh, let's just say a family of four, right? A family of four, you know, maybe they're both making 50,000. Mom and dad are both making $50,000. That's $100,000. That's $60,000 less than what they need to make. Rent for here for a one bedroom at market rate at base can be in a nice neighborhood where you're not hearing gunshots everywhere, $2,000 to $2,500 a month. Okay. now if you want to take it to the hood and raise your kids there. Right. Then maybe you can get something for sixteen hundred dollars a month. And that might only be a one bedroom apartment. And so we have these conversations about families fighting to get 
um, housing vouchers, right? And they really need that access to affordable housing because when you continue to live in a metropolitan city, you just get outpriced. And so now it's like, okay, I have a housing voucher, but my voucher says that I can only make X amount of dollars until I have to pay 30% of my income. So now just imagine you're in a one bedroom apartment, your market rate is $2,400 a month. Then you say, okay, I want to get a job. Maybe I'm going to make $20 an hour. That's not really anything. You make $20 an hour, you bring in that check and then boom, you got to report that. And then you got to pay 30% of that money in your housing. How can anybody survive? And that's to say, that's one person, right? Now imagine you got little kids. You don't have access to transportation. I see moms spend $40 a day on Ubers to get their kids from the schools from here in Southeast to uptown so that they have more equity and inclusion in schools that are getting better funded. Here in, 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 in my community, 59% of our schools received budget cuts. 59%, that's crazy. $38 million was, was removed from emergency housing programs, right? And so we have these conversations about equity and inclusion and all of us are sitting in a metropolitan sitting like, damn, I can barely afford to live here, let alone buy groceries. And so the audacity to think that this person on the street who's living in a tent, we're a couple steps away from that too. And so I hope that... Um, we do come up with policy that supports people that are unhoused, that we do come up with something. I don't necessarily think this is it, but I do think what I do like about this and like is probably not the best word, but what I do like about this is that Donald Trump is always super aggressive in his approach. And that is what my issue is with Democrats and really the Biden administration. They're so freaking soft, bro. Like they're so they're soft like Charmin and nothing else gets done. I want to say two things because that's a good point. But so Emily brought up a point that I think is extremely relevant when she says basically income has to become obsolete in the equation to healing people long term. Agreed. Yeah, um, love that. But, in that you just want America to not be America, sweetie. And I don't know if you've been in this place. Are you new here? We hourly? Like, <laughs> like no, she knows. She knows. That's just a solution. Right, right, That's right. But, a solution, but we're right, not. Right, right, right. But the other thing that I also think is interesting is that um, it is it specifically people that sleep on the streets or the thousands of people in LA or other cities in Hawaii, so on and so forth, that sleep in their cars, right? So like, just, what is the definition just, of that? Just people on the, essentially, from what his campaign says, and we're gonna wrap this up and move on to our next topic, but essentially it's just people who are caught on the streets. So I don't know if that means people who are staying in shelters. I don't know if that means people who are living in their cars. I think these are people who are legit sleeping on the streets, whether it be in a tent or on a bus stop or something of that nature, something that is gonna be essentially an eyesore because his next round of you know rhetoric was, and we're gonna clean everything up and make America beautiful again. Right, and okay. 
Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll stay tuned with this, you guys. But I mean, listen, uh, Joe Biden, Donald Trump going back head to head again in this upcoming election. We'll see who else drops something else in that. Look, let's uh, let's turn over to a bright note. A New Orleans high school student is setting new records, a Guinness record at that, with over nine million dollars in scholarship offers. He applied to almost two hundred colleges. Let's take a look. It is time for the best news you'll hear all day. And one high school senior broke a world record with $9 million in scholarship offers. He applied to more than 200 colleges and got offers from 125 wow. of them. I remember applying to like five, six schools and you applied to over 200. And so what was the thought process going into it? Like, were you setting out to make a record? No, I was not. Initially, when I first started applying to the schools, I was just applying to schools that I knew the name, things that drew interest to me. And then I just kind of kept applying. Um, it started out as a select few and I just kept venturing out, venturing out. And the more schools I applied to, I realized. Yeah, this guy is incredible. He's 16 years old. He's graduating two years early, $9 million in scholarships. Like you heard him say, he's just going after this Guinness uh, book record right now. He has a 4.98 GPA. He's kicking ass. He's fluent in Spanish and he's intending to pursue a career or excuse me. He's intending to pursue computer science and then go to law school. I just appreciate the blackness of it all. Black boy joy. Okay, man. He, uh, he got the two strands. He got the strong New Orleans accent. I love a New Orleans accent. <laughs> I was like, oh, you black, black. I love it. Come on, brother. I like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, and you know, in that interview, he goes on to say that um, he is proud of the fact that he is accepted to all of these colleges and all of these schools. And it's not because he dribbled the ball, it's not because he runs fast. Not because it's surely based off of his um, his academic prowess. And I love that because it's like, you know, we know that we do all the things, um, but to have it so blatantly in your face, undeniably so, like, that's the best part. Like, yeah, that's the best part. I mean, there's really nothing more I can add to this, except like even as a viewer, I'm just watching this and I'm like, I'm so proud. I know his family, his friends all have to be so proud. And one thing that. Um, he really pushed to say is that he's a God-fearing young man and that he keeps God first and that he's really pushing that other people behind him um, continue to put their education and list it as a priority. Look, you guys, like he, there still is hope for the generation going to college. I mean, a lot of these kids are just uninterested and they think they don't have to anymore. DC is a degreed city. Okay, people have multiple people degrees. People tell you their degrees in DC before they tell you their name. I'm from there. I know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm saying it's a huge degreed city. So I, I just, I, I kind of don't understand. I mean, everyone is not going to go to college, but everybody absolutely needs to go into a trade or do something. This right here shows solid ambition, if nothing else. And so I love to see a young person taking opportunity 
um, grabbing and going after it instead of just like wasting their time doing something useless. So shout out to this young man, Dennis Malik Barnes. Okay. And he's going to announce um, May 24th where he's going to decide to go to school. So we're going to definitely bring it back. Norfolk State is a great school, son. So if you want to go there, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, look, let's take a quick break. But when we come back, we got to, man, share our condolences for a few lives that are lost. Uh, stay tuned. You're watching Clapback Culture. COVID 19 hurt my income my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in. They talked to our lender and saved our home because falling on hard times does not have to mean losing your home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHAF.org. What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots, and this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. glad you found one. But their boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know, I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basin wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Clapback Culture. Listen, y'all, we lost a good one Jerry Springer, 79 years old, lost his battle to cancer, cultural pariah, you guys. This guy made part of my childhood, okay? Like with the Jerry Springer show. And in fact, doing some research, I had no idea that Jerry Springer once had a political career and was the was a former mayor of, I think, Cincinnati. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up and see. But yeah, he started out in politics, moved on to like being a part of a news station and then got his uh, his, you know, his hit show doing um, the Jerry Springer show and stayed on Jerry Springer for 27 years. Like, oh, yeah. Former mayor of Cincinnati. Exactly. I mean, I didn't see that for him, but Jerry Springer, that's my guy, man. You just dropped hella knowledge i didn't know any of that about all i know was jerry jerry did you jerry. used to watch the show of course okay I'm a child of the 90s like what are you talking about yeah true 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 <laughs> like that jerry springer was always on like in in rerun but we used to stay up late shout out to my homegirl sheena we used to stay up late so that we could catch jerry springer and then jerry springer started coming on daytime so I only caught Jerry Springer during Jerry Springer daytime. I didn't know. I know at night it was like the rerun. Yeah. But I didn't know that it was only at, I thought it was just, I thought it was always on during the daytime. I didn't know. Uh, so it started at night and then it went in the middle. In the yeah. I mean, and it kept it, it kept staying salacious with the topics of like, uh, you know, I had sex with a stripper 
Um, is Which that is so I, mild now when you think about it, because we have songs about that. You know what? I didn't. I never really thought about that, but you're right. It is super mild, right? And back then, it was like shocking entertainment. I mean, this was the first time that on regular cable you could see people arguing, throwing chairs fighting each other being broke up by security and it was ghetto as i don't know what and it was ghetto it was ghetto and redneck all mixed together i mean it was just it was a beautiful time right the low vibration came in multiple yes and it was enjoyed by everyone um so (laughs) low vibration it was so good it was like yeah you're right everybody said that because i remember oh man just so many good times, like just the fights, just, and I don't, I want to go back in history and realize when people shouting Jerry, Jerry became the fight bell. Like, I want to know, because I know that didn't start like that. So my question is, when did that become, because Jerry, that Jerry chant was the first world star, right? That was world star before world star was world star. When you ever, you heard Jerry, Jerry, same difference. So like the kids nowadays, if you're watching this, you don't know what that means. Basically, when you heard Jerry, Jerry, it was like world star, world star. Like it's the whole situation. So. Oh, it's so crazy. Like any chanting is supposed to get you hyped, but Jerry Springer was definitely like, he kicked it off. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, y'all. Like, I don't remember before Jerry Springer, like anything like Jerry Springer. Like he was that guy. And and then he became the paternity test guy like that. But you know what? Daytime talk shows back in the 90s. By far superb, by far best thing on TV, like nothing is touching Jerry, Jerry Springer, Jenny Jones, Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake. Ricky Come Lake. Sally Jesse Raphael. Come on. Uh, they was coming uh, with they were coming with all the shows. And, and it was like a battle on like it was either makeover shows, paternity shows. Oh, Maury. Bruh. Don't forget Montel. Forget Don't forget Montel. Montel, because Montel had Montel it. Williams. Montel Williams had one. With that throwback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Montel was definitely bringing that heat too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was. I remember all that. I, I I grew up in a house full of women. They ain't had nothing else to do. It was just like it was young and the restless. All my children, and then the slew of all of that stuff. Oh, listen, and and, and Price is Right. You better throw them into daytime TV too. Exactly. I'm definitely watching the Price is Right. Oh, I still I still want to go on. I was going to take my mom to go uh, when I lived out west. We were going to go to a taping. And we didn't get a chance to make it. So, um, how do you yeah. feel about doing it with Drew Carey? I mean, he's all right. Yeah, all right. yeah. He's still, <laughs> he's still got the skinny microphone. Is he I skinny like now? That. I like that for the show. Was he skinny now? Yeah, he's a skinny. Okay. I mean, you know, not- I, I I like the Wayne Brady. Um, I thought Wayne Brady was delightfully corny enough, um, uh-huh. and, he, and he's like, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? He's non-threatening enough for white viewers, um, you know. Well, until he did and that, he, Wayne Brady he, wanted to slap a bitch. That was the whole thing. But to, oh, he oh no! Remember Dave Chappelle when he did that skit with Dave Chappelle on the Chappelle oh, Show, no. and he said he literally said that after that, like if you pay attention, like he disappeared for a while because of like all of his non-threatening black man appeal 
kind of went out the window with that skit. And they were like, oh, Wayne Brady cursed. Man. I think he said the N-word. It was a lot. Um, Dang, so. Wayne Brady. We didn't know we were going to see you in that light. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Another person we lost was Harry Belafonte, which I probably mm-hmm. should have started with this because Jerry Springer seems like no disrespect, but it just like all we really think about is like trash TV. And then we have Harry Belafonte, who's Fonte, like right. legendary entertainer, civil rights icon, you know, died essentially from old age. He died at 96, you guys. Um, Harry Belafonte was, you know, when I think of him, I always think about his relationship to um, Dr. King. I think about his work um, during the March on Washington. I think about all, you know, his advocacy, advocacy, um, during the anti-apartheid, like, and of course, I think later on in life, like having a lot of work in films and TV right. shows and kind of working behind the scenes. So rest in peace, rest peacefully, um, high vibrations uh, to Harry Belafonte. What's crazy is too, um, when I got the notification on my phone that he had passed, like the day before I had literally just brought up um, Harry Bala, Harry Belafonte, because uh, I don't know how I got on the topic of uh, colorism and how I don't know if we can we go there anyway. How sometimes you know light skinned people are discredited in their blackness because they're light skinned, and I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Some of the most hardcore OG people we have in the pantheon are your complexion. So I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> come on. I was like I can't Angela I like, Davis where are you come on I was just I mean so I was like I can't really like I don't like when people do that and try to discredit you know light-skinned black people and be like oh you're not really black oh, uh, but anyway so no and I was just talking about Harry Belafonte and I was like you know and, and I mentioned him I brought up Harry Belafonte Zendaya Angela Davis Malcolm X like all of these light-skinned black people that were like that go harder than you know yeah you know so i'm like it was just crazy that and then you know literally 24 hours later it pops on my phone harry belafonte passed away i'm like wow i know that's That's, that's such a great 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 loss but you know to live to 96 is a blessing and i mean he he had a good life bro like he ain't nobody sad he did good nobody is sad no, but yeah, you de- you deserve it. You right. deserve it. Um, let's get messy, JC. This is a messy ass topic that I'm gonna talk to y'all about. Did you hear about designer? Okay, designer, the rapper of Panda, Panda, Panda. Okay, we ain't heard from him in a minute. It's been real messy. He's been real quiet lately, but. Allegedly, he um well not even allegedly, like he absolutely ain't was, no allegedly he did it. Yeah, he was arrested and charged with indecent exposure um for masturbating and exposing himself on a Delta flight on the way home from out the country. I think he was coming home, uh, coming back to the states from Tokyo. Um, according to sources, the twenty-five-year-old rapper was exposed itself over three times in the first 60 to 90 minutes of the flight on the way to Minneapolis. The that's flight attendants kept telling him to 14 hour flight, y'all. Oh, such a mess. Such a, that's so nasty. Um, the flight attendants kept spotting him exposing himself. They kept telling him to chill. 
he kept telling them no um, and, you know, kept covering himself up or whatever. And then finally, when he got moved from out of first class into the back of the plane, a jar of Vaseline dropped in the aisle. Disgusting. Anyway, um, in the article, it even talks about his friends who were on the flight with him having to like keep him under control. He came out on social media, on Instagram and in his story, basically saying that he has not been feeling mentally well um, while he was in Japan doing a show. Um, he went to the hospital and took some medication because he said he just wasn't feeling right, that his head was all over everywhere. And so he went and checked himself into a mental health hospital um, when he arrived back to the U.S. Listen, I, I, I kind of think, I think he was walling, but the way the story breaks down, it's like you can tell something was off because yeah. allegedly... Because he also allegedly said to the flight attendants that or the, to the arresting officers that he was masturbating on the plane in, in front of the flight crew because he hadn't he had seen no black girls. Oh, well, no, I'm inserting. But yeah, he didn't have sex in Tokyo. So I'm assuming one of them or a couple of them were some sisters. And he was like, oh, OK, well, um. <laughs> he's, he's kind of off anyway, though, like. Designer is not, he's not like, if you listen to his, po his historic interviews, he, he doesn't really make a lot of sense. I've never had the displeasure of listening to a designer interview. Um, well, listen, you, you may as well not start now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just I thought. You them bras in Atlanta. When I, look at you. Um. <laughs> I um <laughs> no um no it wasn't supposed to be this way okay so now nah, when I I I did I saw this and I was like yeah he he a little some something is not right I just but I, the thought and the planning though because I showed the story to my friend and my friend was like I don't believe it and. He was like, he did it on purpose. And I was like, I don't know, because that's just like a weird thing to do. Like, there's exhibitionism. And then, okay, well, but I mean, but the jar of Vaseline was the thing that sealed it for me. So I'm like, at what point? <laughs> Literally. This was, this, <laughs> this was premeditated? This was premeditated crazy? Uh, so wait a minute. Like, I was, I was just like, wait a minute. Wait what a minute. What drugs was you on? You know what? Where'd Ambient. Ambient is not gonna make you whip out your jump and just start getting to people, it. People, people have did. People have taken Ambient and literally woke up at work, like or this in is, the middle of driving a car. Um, indecent so, exposure is extremely disgusting to me. Like, what if what if you were having a? Yeah, I have no defense, but I am. <laughs> I am saying something not right. Indecent exposure masturbation all it like in public like the fact that sh it's so victimizing to me like it is just i'm waiting on the videos to surface i am so cringed by this and i would hate to have been um a part of this flight crew that had to see that because it makes you a person who catches that act like even if it was a mental health crisis 
or not, whatever. It's just, it's just so disgusting and disturbing. It's like, it's like rape. It's like, I don't want to be a part of that. And it's like, you forced that upon me. You know what right. I'm saying? It's just so disgusting. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. Um, and I'm, I'm glad he checked himself into a mental health institute. He needs some help because here's the thing. Even if he did, whether he was high or not, he, he's weird as hell. There's something going on. So he needed to check in and he needed check in, bruh. I would tell you not to ride New York City metros. Oh, because um, no. <laughs> there's no. never, you never no, know no, you no, I take the train here in D.C., but I'm saying like, <laughs> I can't, I cannot, I cannot be a part of it. I don't, I, I, I do know. know, I don't want it. I didn't ask for it. I'm just letting you know. It's that. weird. I don't, I just, ugh. Yeah, that was that, that was strange. You just you just all you want to do is serve a drink, and then there you go, whoop, a dick. I'm just like, whoop, wow. Yeah, like, nice. come on. And it's always men. It's never women. Like it's never women. Like never come on. Women. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> what, Would what, that make what, it better or worse? Wait, no. There was what, that one. There was that one video of that one lady on the escalator in the mall, and she was getting it, and. Yes, I do remember, but that's like one. I haven't that's, seen anything else. And that's, to your point. You know what? It's super cringy both ways. It's just cringy. It's it's totally unacceptable. Okay? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can we highlight Emily's? <laughs> Maybe we need to turn the tables, get my old mama to fly. I'm done. You need to get my old mama to flash everybody to some lessons. You know what? I feel like boobs are not. They're not. It's offensive. They're not, they're not very offensive. They're Anything not. below the belt. Below the belt is just super offensive. Yeah. I don't even want to be okay. below the belt in on TV. Right. Boobs, yeah. boobs and butt. I'm cool. Not offensive. Yes. Big balls. <laughs> Sorry. Offensive. <laughs> I don't. You know what? Not I didn't mean boo. Let's go to our clapback. Let's go to our clapback. All right. Last clapback, um, y'all. Don Lemon being removed I, or fired or released from CNN y'all without an explanation. I think we have a clip. Let's take a look and we'll come back and talk about it. I think we have a clip or not. Or not. No, we this do is- have a clip. Okay. Well, hold on. Let, let's, let's let Cuddy get an opportunity. Oh, he said, okay, we don't have a clip. Well, that's cool. We can still talk about Don Lemon fired. Yep. All right. So I'm going to pull up the statement. That this is I, very newsy, by the way. I like that. I think we have a clip. We we both went to sip. We don't have a clip. We don't have a No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no clip. CNN, right? <laughs> nah, we, we're cool, Cuddy. Don't even worry about it. So Don Lemon is pulled from CNN. I personally feel some type of way about this because... 
He was on CNN for 17 years, but he's the only black and queer person that I've ever known to be on prime television. And I feel like the reason in which he was pulled from CNN, one, they never told us why, right? Like Don released his statement and I think it's just, well, first he got snatched from his show, right? And then he got moved to daytime and then they were trying to say, oh, he's sexist and, you know, misogynistic and blah, blah, blah. And then he said that lady was, you know, you know, she was in her prime. Listen, a 50 year old woman is in her prime. I mean, I don't understand why that's all of a sudden just super offensive. Like I asked my mom about it and she was like, hell yeah, she in her prime. Like the world has gotten so sensitive. Like you can't say anything. Like you always have to be politically correct about some stuff. Like why isn't like, are we ages? Because we're looking at Joe Biden and it's like, bro, you're 81 years old. You're going to be the oldest president. Like he's 81. Bro, he's 81. I thought he was 70 something. Oh my God, Joe, go sit down. <laughs> See, he don't go to shady okay. time. Okay, so pause. So we can talk about Joe Biden being too old to be president. But then when Don Lemon says that this lady who is also a presidential nominee or trying to run for president, I think she's in her 50s or 60s or something. And she was taking jabs at somebody else being like past the age. And he was like, but girl, you're in your prime too. Like, see, I didn't, I didn't, like I didn't, you ain't I didn't, no spring chicken, mama. I didn't see, I don't know the backstory behind that one. I just saw the highlight reel. Uh, what I did hear is that Don is a bit of a mean girl and a diva behind the scenes. Um, I, I, I believe that. As do I. And so what I feel like is because CNN said that a CNN statement was, no, he had a chance to talk to management and instead he sent a tweet. And that type of energy is given, okay, you've been warned multiple times on multiple issues and this is, you keep doing it. So that's, but that's my thing on that. But also Tucker Carlson got fired this week, too. And so mm. I feel like this was literally the universe balancing itself out. Mm. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't get one, you can't get one, and we're done in scene. Um, so, you know, maybe on a, on a karmic thing, like, you know, it was kind of like maybe the powers that be were like, well, if y'all can't have Tucker, y'all can't have Don Lemon. And let's get on with our lives. So, um, you know. But I think, but Tucker Carlson was fired because I think he's under investigation for the lies. Oh, he's, he's the, oh, he's the reason that Fox had to pay damn near a billion dollars. No. Yeah, he's gone. But Fox, listen, you guys let your pit bull out and do all of that. So you guys absolutely should take that L. Now, let me go back to my good friend, Don. Don Lemon is a diva and a mean girl on air. Like, it's not like he is anything <laughs> he gives on the show. Like, he is his, he's very much himself. He will clap back. He will chin check you. And listen, he be coming with those facts. He is not soft when he, when he talks to different guests. He never deviates from the facts, but he also serves them up piping hot. Okay. And he comes with receipts. They know. I wonder the things that he says off camera. 
Um, that because that it doesn't sound like the on camera is the problem. It's the off camera, like it's the, on and off. It the, is on and off. The, he, Don Lemon is somebody you cannot control. He is a grown ass black queer man. He is coming with that heat, honey. Please believe. That's like trying to check. He Don Lemon is fifty something years old. What are you gonna yeah, tell yeah. him? What are you gonna? What are? What could you tell Don Lemon? about himself. That's like telling Tyler Perry about something. You're not about to check Tyler Perry about not a damn thing, but... Except for them horrible scripts. Well, I ain't... Look, you... (laughs) That's like saying, you coming on air... Boy, is your mama watching? Hold on. That's like talking bad about Obama. You better stop. (laughs) I said what I said. I said what I Uh what I said Um, I love him and the things that he has done for black people and the culture and I love the empire that he's built and continues to build I just want like more than one writer producer director actor and screenwriter in that room outside of Tyler Perry that's all I'm saying those terrible ass wigs golly (laughs) you can know about Tyler Perry it's gonna be a couple bad wigs in the movie as, as a as a human that has a very and I have a fade. I don't have a I don't have a dog in that fight. However, he <laughs> I write for a living and I'm gonna say Brad, no. <laughs> JC just wanted to show y'all he still got a hairline, y'all. <laughs> and do. Hallelujah. And do. Hold on, but do you okay, so let me let me think about Don Lemon and let's talk about next steps. One thing for sure, and this goes for Tucker Carlson too. Y'all, they're gonna be on somebody else's show. If you somebody else's show, we have to <clears throat> and look at that. Look at look at somebody trying to take my voice. <clears throat> I'm about to clap back on these hoes. Listen, it's important that you no one is bigger than the network, right? You're not right. bigger than Fox, and you're definitely not bigger than CNN. Right. Those positions are not lifelong. So I don't feel bad for Don Lemon. I think to his point, you know, uh, CNN could have already could have extended the courtesy. But honestly, when they took him off his show, they should have just taken him off air and then taken his contract period and moved on and allowed him to leave in a different manner. Now, do I think Don Lemon um, left with a bang? Yeah, he did. And could he have like quietly retired or something like that? Probably so. Um, and I'm sure CNN would have offered him a little bit more grace. But listen, y'all, when you cut up at work and you can no longer be controlled by the brand, you need to be an entrepreneur. You need to create your own table to sit at so that you can say the things that you want to say, because that's why Roland Martin gets to say what he wants to say, because don't nobody control his network. Okay. That is the power of being your own boss. So the only person who got the control is the network. So they really can't feel no type of way. I agree. I mean, like, it's uh, like you said, not it's been 17 years. He was on that. He was he was on the White Folk Network for almost two decades. Like that is a long time. Thank you, Basa. Um, that is a long time to. It's it's time for him to do something else. Um, and you know, I I I agree with you. Like, why you just didn't take the man off air? You could have let him. You could have did a whole special and been like, okay, so look, bro, 
You're doing a lot. You're doing the most. And so, Hello. young lady, what we're going to do for you um, is put you on television with all of the things and give you a, a you know, they should have been, maybe they were trying to be more gracious. Maybe that, you know, at the end of the day, this is, this is a business. So I'm sure Don Lemon brings eyes and a demographic um, that CNN may or may not have um, without him. So I guess they're trying to, you know, CNN is getting tired, though. I'm going to be honest with you. Don Lemon was the last of the Mohicans for me. Mm. Like CNN, I, I, I don't even really look to them as a news source anymore because it's kind of boring. And they they play over and over and over the same thing. I'm actually quite more interested in like NBC or MSNBC. So we'll see. I mean, they need it. They got to do something. But Don, I'm excited to see where your future is going to hold. Tucker Carlson, I'm sure somebody's going to throw you under the jail. Right. You Tucker, Tucker, Tucker Carlson, I'm excited to see what hole you crawl into and never come out of ever again. Yeah, it's it's given that. Tucker Carlson got some big cojones, though. Like, he he's a child. Listen, that's our show He's today. a mediocre white man. They have the biggest balls of them all. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talked a lot about balls tonight. Hey, mm. hey, I have a pair. <laughs> I like mine. Okay. All right, y'all. Well, listen, basically, when you're not here, where can they find you? Uh, y'all can find me at JC from the OVT on Instagram and the OVT network on all the socials. Uh, so once again, my personal is JC from the OVT, and the OVT network is the business page. You can catch all the things there. All right, perfect. And you guys know where you guys can find me Instagram and Twitter at Treasure of J U L E S. You know what it is. That's Treasure of Jewels. Pull up, follow me, send me a DM. Let me know what you want to talk about next week. Until then, have a great weekend. Peace. <laughs> Just looking at these balls comments. Cut the camera. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.